Big ol' Diddy with the quiet storm. Shout out to those big biddies out in the southeast. They ain't got no man tonight. This, this one's for you. Ah, you know what? And just like that, and just like that, I'd like to welcome y'all back to another episode of Brothers Gonna Work It Out. See how we do that? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's your boy, as, as this guy would like to say, Claiborne Jackson in the building. You know what I'm saying? With my brother like no other. I don't know why I keep coming back and dealing with this cat. But you know, <laughs> the one, the only, Lord, thank us all. There's only one and one and only one. <laughs> the infamous Chuck Taylor in the building, man. What's good? What's good? Oh, man, boy. It's been a hot second. And my man starts off with jokes, man. It's supposed to be a serious conversation about health and so forth and so on. And. Yeah, I see where we already going here. Well, you know, it, it's, it's Saturday, so you know we got to keep it light. Bruh. Can't come in too, too hard and too heavy. We we'll see. We gotta, we gotta lighten it up a little bit. This right here will tell y'all the difference between me and this man right here. My man said today is Saturday. That is someone who's retired. Because you know I know today is Friday. Because I just got off not you too know, long ago. We'll see. Let me let me make my little. Correction to that. In my mind, it's Saturday. Physically, like you said, it's Friday. So, you know, the weekend started, and I'm already progressing and getting it on. So, we we at where we need to be. Man, your weekend started. How how long you been out retired now? <laughs> your, your weekend started a long time ago, bro. <laughs> a very long time ago. <laughs> That's how you supposed to flip the game. Mondays is supposed to feel like Friday. Fridays are supposed to feel like they ain't nowhere near, you know, coming to an end. So, you know, we, we, we progressive. We, we, it's Saturday in my, my mind, but physically, like I said, you're right. You got me this Friday. Hey, man, I, you know what? I'm not even mad at you. I'm still over here in Daylight Soul, man. Five days of work. One whole day to play. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I'll be like, oh, my God, bro. Let, let me have one more Saturday, please. You know, I think, man, whoever created a five-day work week, that individual was the person that was either running the plantation, running the building, owned the company. Because why would anybody say we're going to work a standard five days in a row except for the person who was not working the standard five days? You got something there because, yeah, you're right. If, if you take in five days and you put it on somebody else's back, it's easy for you to look around and do nothing. Really, but just collect whatever resources they give and provide you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. And, and giving them to you so you can count them up and flip them and, and do whatever with them and just, you know, go ahead. All right, y'all worked hard enough. Go ahead and take, take them two days off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Relax. But make sure you're back on Monday on time. Cause exactly. Nobody, in out, nobody out there that was doing the labor wanted to come back in two days. Trust me. Nah. And all these years yeah. later, I still don't want to come back in two days. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> nothing has changed. <laughs> nothing has changed, man. <laughs> so we'll start to go fund me, man. Free, free your boy Claymore, man. Free your boy Clay, man. Get me out of here. If y'all can help Gorilla Glue and God knows anybody else, yeah, shoot me some loot. I can get out of this. Oh. Uh, at least give me enough to be off on Friday too. That's that's man. it. Well, shoot, roll it. Start it on Thursday. Make it a four day weekend. You know. And, and, and then get 
Make it balanced. There you go. Make it a four-day weekend and work three. Three and four. There you go. <laughs> ah, three on, four off. I'm with that. Hey, man. But you know the bad part about it is mentally I already do that. Uh, shoot, but <laughs> shoot, I, I canceled out probably around Wednesday after the uh, two. I'm like, I don't even know what's happening no more. Let's just get these last two days. You <laughs> get up out of here. <laughs> you wake up Friday morning. You sit in front of your TV working from home. You watch all three parts of the, uh, all three different episodes of the purge. You see how you feeling about your morning. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, I got to start watching this. Right. So, I went from that to watching death and the funeral. So I don't know if that was any better, but you know, shoo. Mm. Mm. Well, you know, see, you just, you just hit something right there. You said death and the funeral. That's the last thing you really want to watch and live in color. You know what I'm saying? Oh you man. Just, you don't want to, nah. You know, we want to live, be happy, smile and laugh, crack jokes all day long if you could, and yeah, not have yeah. to work but still get paid. You know what I mean? That part. That part. <laughs> that part, man. Still I'm telling paid. you. Hey, I'm telling you, bro. That, that, and that's a perfect switch over there to jumping on all this health and wellness, man. Because I know we've both been up against it for, for a hot one. Woo! You was up against it longer than I. But, uh, we, yeah, we both had some crazy... Uh, some crazy circumstances. And I think the craziest part that was tripping me out the most with everything was the level of health and fitness that we were already both on. But then what hit us both were things that we couldn't control from health and fitness. Man. And that's what got you know me. What? I, I, I sit back sometimes and I, you know, I'm thankful and I'm grateful, you know, um, to my medical team that provided me, uh, outstanding service you know in my short stay in the hospital and over the course of the last you know six seven months but you're right man you know it, we used to call it what preventative maintenance we we, we working out on, on saturdays grinding in the gym doing all this work you know making sure we put in you know some time with cardio mm-hmm. and little did we know little did we know that was to help and set us up to make sure that we got through a storm man. and finally hit it. On oh, man, man, on the real right, man. That part. <laughs> that part. Right? You know what I'm saying? Because you know, and the thing is, and it's crazy because when I was in there and when I'm talking to the respiratory therapist, and she's just like, Your lungs are strong, so you're gonna get out of here soon. She said there's people who can't walk and have a you know, like walk and talk at the same time, people that can't run upstairs. People that really just don't like to do any cardio. So those are the people that usually don't make it. Now, mm-hmm. keeping in mind, I'd only started running a year before because I hated running. But then you turn around right. and what I hated the most was the thing that saved me and got me up out of there. You know exactly. I mean? That part right exactly. there is crazy in itself. I know because you don't really, that's the, the, the cold part about, you know, your body and your health is, you know, sometimes you don't feel good. You wake up, maybe you got a headache, and you know, you, you just so used to, oh man, let me go ahead and grab a couple of Tylenol or Motrin or whatever, you know, and, and magically let this medicine do the work and fix it. Mm-hmm. But what I noticed is it's the things that you can't see, that it's the things that creep up on you, and all of a sudden, you know, you got somebody telling you that a medical professional, um, no, we're going to have to cut you. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to have to go in and, and get this. There ain't no medicine we can give you mm-hmm. that's going to fix the problem that you currently have. 
And that's what I found out when, you know, I woke up one morning and saw something on the side of my, my you know, face. It didn't look right. I had a bump. And I'm like, nah, this ain't cool. I got it checked. And it was like, well, man, we might have to, we might have to take a deep, deep, deep look at this with a scan. Man. And, you know, you, you start hearing words, man, that you ain't, you, you, you don't want to hear somebody throw you away. And they say, well, we're not sure. It could be cancer. Mm-hmm. But we need to go in and, you know, we need to check this out. And so, you know, by that time, I'm going through, you know, my mix. I'm realizing, you know, things ain't, they, they don't seem right. They don't feel right. But I don't feel like I'm not healthy. Right. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. I feel like I'm, I'm good. But just, I'm thankful that I caught it. You know Man, what I mean? Because it could have been something that didn't show up magically on the side of my face where I got no warning sign. And it could still be inside my body growing and growing. Man. But I tell you what. They say a tumor starts as a cell. Now, I'm I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna paint you a picture. A yes, cell, a, you know how small, microscopic, right? right. And then it, the cell starts being invaded by another cell. The next thing you know, the cancer cell starts manifesting into a tumor, and before you know it, it just starts stretching and growing and pushing, you know, the the under underskin out, and that's how I caught it. It was about Get the size of, here, of a bro. quarter. The size of a quarter. Yeah size of a quarter now i had third stage (laughs) head and neck cancer yeah out of here yeah what i learned from you know my my surgeon at ucsd hospital he told me he's like you know what you got man it's it's low grade but you caught it at the right time if you didn't catch it when you did it would have been more intense the surgery procedure would have been definitely harder um, but he went in there, handled business, went in there, pulled it out, and you know I recovered. And then he set me up with a little treatment plan. Got sprayed with some radiation. Um, that 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 took a toll on my body. You know, lost about twenty five pounds. Um, couldn't eat. You know what I mean? He just didn't have an appetite. The body was rejecting any type of you know um, movement. I had to sit down, take things nice and slow, regain all my energy. Man. Um, the taste buds taste like I was eating salt when I drank water. Mm-hmm. Tastes like I was eating metal when I was trying to eat stuff. And uh, my mood was trying to keep it positive, but at the same time, you know, I knew I was up against it. But right. I just kept I kept my focus on I got to get through this. And uh, here we are, a month and a half after treatment. I could tell you the day I woke up and I'm feeling a hell of a lot better than I did a month and a half ago, and I'm almost back to normal. Um, but the damage is already done. But right. but it already being you know uh, uh, done, um, I can keep my head up and go. Okay, I ain't gonna allow this to happen again because I sure the hell don't want to be in a, a hospital laying back down with a knife going to my neck or Man, say going that. through an oncologist and getting radiation therapy and getting a beam, protons and electrons, you know, Man. thrown around my neck to try to evict this. This, uh, you know, this C word, this, this, this right. cancer, uh, 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 you know, uh, resident that was trying to live up in my body, you know, and God got a God, God had a plan, and he he let he let me see it, and uh, you know, here we are today, man. Man, cancer survivors still here. Hey, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? People don't understand that, man. It was, and that's and that's the crazy part. The, the whole thing, bro, is the life that you were living was nowhere in the direction of you having any other health issue outside of something that crept up on you. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that's the cold part, bro. That is the cold part. But in order to beat it, 
You say you had God on your side, and you still had the mindset of a survivor, and not somebody that was just going to yes, roll sir. over and give up. You know what I mean? Yes, and I think that's where a lot of people start to fall short because when you get challenged with a life or death experience, and you could be leaning more towards the side of death, your body and your mind is it's going to follow. Your body's going to follow where your mind is at. So if your mind starts feeling like we're we're getting this is it, we're cashing out. This is it. And what do you think the rest of your body's going to do? It's going to start believing the same message that you send into the whole body from the brain. And everything's going to start falling off on you. You know what I mean? And everything's yes, going to quit because you don't, you don't have that will anymore. Like I said, when you don't have that will to live, that's a wrap. Everything will shut down. They call it fight or flight. You yeah. Choice to make. You're either going to fight or you're going to try to run from it. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because now I kind of realize, you know, my situation is totally different than, you know, a lot of cancer patients because, uh, you know, any type of head and neck cancer, they treat it as almost intense as they do with women with breast cancer. I did a little research on it okay. with the treatment. And, you know, I, I'm thinking, I, I never heard of nobody with head and neck cancer until it hit me. No, man, I've you know, never my, heard my of that. My doctor said, exactly. My doctor's like, man, you got a rare form of cancer. You know, you, you, you can hit 50,000 people upside the head in the street and only one are going to actually have what you got. Man. Like, damn. But, but if you look at it from a broader perspective and you look with, with females, they got to go get, you know, um, checked for breast cancer on, on a regular. But when they actually got to go in there and do the surgery, that's when it really hits them from the inside out. Because sometimes, you know, they got to have it removed. Yep. It's like, you know, with a, with a tumor, you know, it, in the in the neck area, it can get in your, your, your brain. It can get you know. Man, so it's like, yes. yeah, it's as real as it gets. And um, I'm just you know looking at it from you know the last six months, looking backwards now. You know, I'm, I'm thankful I had the right team, yep. the doctors, the the, the the whole staff at UCSD Hospital San Diego, um, John Morris Cancer Center. They get Man, a big scoop for me because yes, I checked in. But when I went in the hospital, I was able to check out. You know and that's the big I'm thing, brother. That's that's the that's the that's the big thing. And that's the biggest fear of going up mm-hmm. in that joint. Because you think about everybody who you know that's gone in and has not come out of that joint. So right. when you're in there, right. you know what I mean? And then during this whole time with the whole COVID stretch, you can't have a bunch of people in there with you. Family is nope. limited. You know what I mean? You're already dealing with a medical issue and now you're like in this solitary confinement. Like you're being punished yeah. in all directions, and it goes back to testing your mental. Uh, how are you going to deal with all of this? How can you cope? You know what I mean. And with me, it's hard for me because I don't, as just on a regular basis, I don't like being in closed places. So yeah. when you take me and put me inside of a room and shut a door, and I'm quarantined off in the world, and I can't get out, and I can't do anything. If there's anything that'll trigger my desire. It triggered my will to live and get better. Is get just is just getting out of confinement. You know what I'm saying? Just getting right. out of confinement. That part right there is enough to make me feel like, look, I, I got to get out of here. By any means, I got to get out. Any means but death. I got to get out of here. You know what I mean? It's like, sure. <laughs> and that's the part that that triggered everything for me. It was just a, a wild thing. But once you get in that situation and you're up against it, man, when you're sitting there putting all your faith in the God. You're putting all your your strength into your mindset. But then everything still kind of lies on the treatment that they're giving you. you right. I mean? You got to trust in the plan. And and see, that was the part that was kind of tricky for me because, you know, everything to me was, okay, I had to have two surgeries. 
not just one. I had to have two. Mm. Um, and the first one didn't go right, you know, and I was referred to a specialist. And that's how I got the UTSD. Okay. So after the first one, I was like, okay, so you trying to tell me you went in and took something out, but you didn't get it all out. You left it up in my body. And now I got to wait and heal to go get this other surgery popped off. Get so going into the second one, I had to really kind of like look at the situation and go, okay, I got to put all my cards on the table. And the doctor told me, he looked me in my eye and said, I got you. He's like, this is something that, you know, I specialize in. Right. This isn't out of my realm. I know, I know exactly what needs to be done and we're going to get you back to where you need to be. Now, if you don't see a doctor um, on a consistent basis, the first time you meet that doctor, you don't know him from Adam. You don't know who no. this dude is. You don't know what kind of credentials he got. No. You know, you don't know, uh, uh, you know, if he was at the top of his class when he was in med school. Right. And, and, and he might be a board, board certified surgeon, you know, and he might have these credentials, but you don't know if the last surgery he did was successful or wasn't. You know what I mean? And you got a exactly. thousand questions that might be going on in your head. But in that that, that, that instant, you, you forget them all and you just want to know about you. Exactly. You, are you going to do what's right about, by me? And I tell you what, the moment I, I went in that, that, that surgery into the, uh, the, uh, the room, they put me on the, on the table and they was like, all right, man, we're going we're to we're lay you down and uh, we need you to just relax and breathe deeply. Lights out. Woke up in the recovery room, and I was like, "Okay, it's done. It's mm -hmm. done. It's, it's, it's over with." But that was just the beginning. Exactly after the surgery, the final surgery. So you know, I'm still recovering. Cancer's in remission. You know, indeed, healing up, indeed. bouncing back. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, I guess the only thing that's really important is I still like what you went through. Got air in my lungs. I'm Man. able to, you know, stand up here with my family do do what's necessary to you know protect and provide and take care of myself so i feel you on that man you man. know you, we, we we want nothing but the best and without health you have nothing nothing and if bro. you don't have the ability to, to and fortunate enough to walk out of that hospital after you know surgery or a, 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 a real issue like covid man it's tough because it's gonna it's gonna impact more people than yourself it's gonna impact your family and your friends and those that couldn't come in there and see you when you was in the hospital and Therefore, or couldn't man. contact you when you was in the hospital. Because I know when you was in there, well, I ain't going to tell you how bad I was trying to get in touch with you, but man. just be thankful for technology and social media because I had to go to take a lap around the park and, and catch up <laughs> with Doe to get at you. Get up out of here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you know, it was crazy, man, because when I went in, that was the wild part, man. Real quick, I jump into that. One thing I, I think that that came out to your favor, I bet you, I would, I'm willing to bet you money that the doctor that you had, being how sure and how positive and how good he was, I'm, I bet you a buck that man was a Raider fan. First of all, uh, you know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> really, bro, that, that's what you we're going what he, with it. That's what, that, nah, that, that's what we're nah, going with you, it. You know what? You know what? It's funny that you say that because me and him chopped it up about sports a few times. Yeah. And he, he's not from Cali. So, I mean, he, he went to school out here. and he, he went to school in the Bay. Okay. He down here and, uh, you know, hooked up at UCSD, John Morris Cancer Center. Shout out once again. And uh, he told me, because we were talking about football, and yeah. I told him I was a Chargers fan. And he was like, oh, you stuck with him? I was like, yeah. And I was like, who's your team? And he's like, no, I'm a baseball fan. I don't got no football team. And I was like, okay. Okay, hmm. I, I can, you know, I can respect that. So, you know, he one of them East Coasters that came out West. 
You know, he's a diehard, you know, uh, Boston fan. And, you know, I mean, and you know I, I guess I guess everybody can't, you know, chill with the best in the West. You know, they got to hold on to their ties to the East and, and rock with some teams that's out that way. I think I think it's one of those things, man. Where I, I hear what you're saying, and, and the story sounds lovely, but that really convinces me that he was probably a Raider fan. You ain't gonna give that man no credit, but that's okay. That's, that's nah, okay. Because if, if he was a Raider fan like you, you know, he would be banging on his chest and you know, and acting a nut on Sunday. But nice, <laughs> he, he don't got that DNA. He got cool, calm composure. You know, I trusted his hand when he took that scalpel to my neck. You know, it wasn't like going to a Raider game in Oakland and about to get shanked in the neck. I was good with him. Ah, fall of them stairs with all the chips and unbalanced. You know what I mean? You, hey, you had to have skill and finesse to walk through that stadium, bro. I'm telling you, you had to be. <laughs> I never saw nobody run up or down those steps. It was everybody just walked and looked and leaned and stepped like, oh, okay, what's that right there? You know what I'm saying? Because you just didn't know, man. But, right. You know, but, you know we'll, we'll let that be. We'll let that ride, man. But, but now, you know, that was the crazy thing, dude. When I went in, when I went in for this whole COVID madness, man, it was the craziest thing. Cause you know, I've been up there doing that stuff at Wally world for over a year and some change. So yeah. this whole time I'm ducking it. You know, I've, I've taken a couple of trips here and there ducking it. No problem at all. As soon as I set my mind and was like, you know what? I'm about to put my two weeks in at Wally world and get up out of here because everything's starting to get too crazy. No sooner I was going to put those two weeks in. I ended up calling out to Wally world because I wasn't feeling right. So I was just like, okay, I said, you know what? I said, maybe. Now, originally, I thought it was my allergies. So I was like, okay, maybe it's my allergies tripping and so forth. But then, uh, all of a sudden, I had this. It started on that Wednesday. And I got this fever from hell, and I had this cough. As I had a, a meeting with my manager that morning, and I stuck around only because I know it's hard to reschedule those meetings. So I was trying to be, you know, decent with him in, uh, in the scheduling. So I was like, okay, I'll stick around long enough. We'll get this meeting out the way. As soon as me and him had that meeting, I was like, look, I got to go. I was like, I got to go. I was like, I either need to go get tested or something. I said, but I'm not feeling right. Man, I took the kid and myself and we went down there to Kaiser. Got tested on Thursday. Found out Friday that we had COVID, right? Now, the way that it works between these age groups, this guy has COVID. but He's up and walking around. He's moving around. Dang near running around. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he said at some point he felt like he had a fever. But just the fact that you only felt like you had a fever tells me your fever was not that bad. So, oh. right. So this goes from okay. Wednesday to, to Friday. And I'm telling you, man, this is why part of me never liked going to the doctor. Because I swear, once you get diagnosed with something, time just starts to elapse. It just starts flying. Oh, yeah. So, now you figure Wednesday to Friday, I just had like somewhat of a normal cough. By the time Friday evening came, I'm starting to cough up blood. And it started off real light. So the first time was in denial because I was like, maybe I drank something red. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> anything but what it oh, could wow. be. Because I'm not thinking that I'm that sick because I didn't feel that sick. You know what I mean? I, was st- I still got a workout in that day. I didn't feel like I was sick. So I was like, okay, maybe something I drank. I don't know what it was. The cough got worse. I want to say if you go back... It was Thursday night, Thursday night, Friday, around four something in the morning is when I jumped up like the poultry, like, like something that hit me. You know what I'm saying? I jumped up like, sweet Jesus, like, like, what the heck just happened here? 
So by the time, by the time we, we get to Saturday now, by the time we get to Saturday, man, <laughs> dude, I'm now, I went from coughing up, what looked to be pink. I went from coughing up stuff that was pink to being just completely red. Like somebody had, like I had straight internal injuries. Somebody shot me in my chest and now I'm just coughing up blood. Wow. That's how, that's how quick this thing was happening. You know what I'm saying? That's how quick everything was moving. So once I'm in this joint, man, once I'm up in there, uh, they do all their blood work and blood tests and so forth. They come back in and they're just like, yeah, you have a COVID pneumonia. And I'm like, how did I go from just having a fever on Wednesday to COVID pneumonia and coughing up blood by Saturday? You know what I mean? So when people try to figure out what the difference is between the flu and COVID, if you catch the flu, Pneumonia usually comes dang near at the end of the flu. You don't get all that fluid out your lungs. Right. Then pneumonia will come. Dude, this thing came on Wednesday. Fever and a cough by Friday. I'm, I can't breathe and I'm coughing up blood. By Saturday, I'm in the hospital with both lungs full of COVID pneumonia. That's how quick everything happened. So now... Yeah, that's progression right there. That's real fast. You, you feel what I'm saying? And that's, that's the yeah. part that scared me the most because... When I get in there, I'm dehydrated, but they can't give me anything for uh, dehydration because my lungs are full of fluid. So they're like, well, we can give you half a bag, but if we give you anything more than that, that's going to cause another problem for you. And I'm just like, what the heck? Like, what are, you, what are you supposed to really do? Man, they came in there and they had so many things connected to me. But then that doctor comes in and he gives me this option of you can either... Uh, take whatever standard medication they give you to try and help you deal with the symptoms. And I guess COVID at some point will start to play out of your system. He was like, or you can take the more aggressive medication that attacks COVID. And the only problem with that is it could damage your liver and your kidneys. So we'll have to constantly monitor your blood work. If we see that it's starting to do that, we'll stop. But he's like, I always said, if you're my family member, I would recommend the second option. He said, cause you might get out of here in three to five days. Right. So I'm not going to sit there and argue with this man. I'm thinking, look, I'm on the verge of probably dying because I couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe. That's how I ended up getting there in the first place. We get the, we all took me down in the first place because I couldn't breathe. Right. You know what I mean? So at this point, I'm just like, you know what? Anything that you're talking about, that's going to hurt you. Yeah, just do what you're going to do. And they put that, um, I don't know what they call it, man, but they put that IV in your arm. And it's like that rapid one where they can just pop bottles off of it like clips and pop more bottles on that mug like yeah. clips. That's what they did, dude. The lady, man, the nurse laid the bottles down my leg. That's how many bottles she had in her hand. She laid them down my leg because she couldn't hold them all. And then she just pops, 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 just kept popping them in. The crazy part is, bro, she tells me, while she's shooting me up with all of this stuff that I don't know nothing about, at some point, bro, she tells me that the one I'm I'm giving you next, you might feel a burning sensation in your penis. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you feel me, right? <laughs> you feel me, bro? You Did that feel bag have clap? Did that bag have clap written on You feel me? You know what I'm so, <laughs> so now I'm laying there like, oh man, they done got me on another experiment, bro. They done got us again. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm thinking about all my brothers from past. Like, oh, they got us on this another experiment. I told y'all this was a conspiracy going on. You know what I'm saying? So I'm laying there doing, I wanted to ask her so bad. How in the hell is this going to affect my penis? This shouldn't—they just simply shouldn't go together. 
You know what I'm saying? So I done came in for COVID, but I'm about to leave up out of here with gonorrhea, syphilis. What are you, what y'all giving me? You know what I'm saying? Like, this wasn't part of the treatment. Like, I didn't know that about that. And true to her word, bruh, as soon as she hit me with that next one, man, dude, man, man, that mug got to just being on fire. I'm just like, oh my God. Like, they just injected me with an STD and it kicked in quick. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I I guess I'll take the STD over dying from COVID. I guess it's a switch off. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) After this, we're going to give you some of the penicillin dosages. Now, you might be okay when it's all said and done. But, Brad, this is the stuff that's going on to where you don't know what's really happening with you. I I lost time in there. I don't know what happened in between certain things. There's certain things that will still trigger me now. And I don't know why it triggers me because I can't remember what happened during that time frame to why it triggers me. You feel me? You know, I, now that you kind of put everything in perspective, I see what, what went on in there. I'm glad from 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 where I'm sitting that you dealt with this now rather than somebody that came and caught this mess last year because. Ooh. When it was going burnt, you know, when, when New York was burning down and people was going in and not checking out the hospital. Yep. I'm convinced a lot of them doctors didn't know what the hell they was doing. No, bro. They had no they idea. Didn't the, they didn't have the information on how to combat it and how to actually deal with it because, you know, uh, the, the the ER was full. The, the, the ICU was full. Yep. They didn't have no beds. No. Nope. You know, they, and, and I can tell you the, the, the best thing for anybody any type of serious medical situation is to walk into a hospital that is quiet and calm. You don't want to go into no hospital where it sounds like you're in the middle of a war zone. Man. You got all these alarms going off and exactly. people running around cold blue, cold red. Dude. Uh, hospital security chasing patients. You know exactly. What I mean? you, know, you know what I mean? You don't need that type of environment. You and, don't. And, 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 and now that everything is kind of, you know, calmed down a little bit and, and, and time has progressed and these doctors have done case studies and got all the information and the medicine has, uh, you know, filtered out to all these hospitals, I think we, I honestly got this thing under control to the point where if somebody do get it, they got a higher chance of, you know, like we said, checking in and having the ability after a few days to check out. And not being on some gurney going down to the morgue. Man, I'm dude. thankful, bro. I'm thankful that you know you had a good team on your side because man, I didn't. I didn't have no idea how long you was gonna be in there. But when I hit you, and you was like, they said it's progressing, and you know I'm gonna right. stay today because they gave me the option. I'm like, geez, they wasn't giving people options last year, <laughs> right, man? <laughs> right, they dude. Giving people, you know, uh, we need your will and testimony. You know, yeah. we need to make sure that your family members knew. That you wanted to give them this wedding ring that you got on your right. finger right now. I'm gonna you tell know? you, man. So. Look, I'm gonna tell you how this how this went, man. I'll tell you. It- now I can sit back and laugh about it, but <laughs> at the time I was so confused and perplexed, my brother. I thought it was the end. So. That, that doctor who told me about the three to five days going home my man tells me this thing about three to five days you might be able to go home with this with a, that's called um what's this stuff called it's called rim desivir is what it's called and, uh, and they just realized it and that's what you're saying about how people were dying last year and so forth they realized that later down the line that this stuff worked so coming in late actually saved me you know what i'm saying 
Yeah. And I want to say, yeah. for some reason, I think it was maybe close to the, the summertime or something. But see, nobody tells you about the, the that treatment before you go in. You find out once you're in. Because you, nobody knows that they have something that can get you out maybe in three to five days. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So when I get in there, and he tells me about the three to five days. Then all of a sudden, my man starts telling me about uh, my last, last rights and, and testimony or some business. And then he's asking me, do I want somebody to come pray with me, right? Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm like, wait a minute. So part of me is like, what just happened to the damn three to five days? You know what I'm saying? Because I'm thinking, where did we just go with this? You came back to tell me this part. So then my man nah, tells right. me, huh? No, nah, you're right. You're right. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm going I'm to hit you with something. You said what you said right there. This is These are the four things you never want to hear when you go into a hospital. And they ask you, hey, you got an advanced health director. Do you have a last one in testament? Do you have a durable power of attorney? Where do you want to remain to be placed in the event that he has to go ahead and, you know, yeah. do what we got to do? You don't want to hear none of that. No, you don't. You, know? you don't. Because your whole but, thought process is trying to get the heck out of there. Exactly. But the reality is, going in, you don't know if you're going to come out. Exactly, bruh. So they want to, you know, the administrators in the hospital, they doing they do diligence and checking everything off. You know, they little checklist to make sure in the event of uh, something going sideways that, you know, they're going to do right by you and make sure that, you know, everything's taken care of on the administrative side. Not the medical side, but right. the administrative side. Exactly, you know? bro. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just like, look, man, I, I'm thinking to myself, man, look, I don't want to pray with nobody. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't want to pray with nothing. Yeah. But then bro. my man throws a wrench in the system. He said, because I'm thinking if you did, I could go ahead and have the rabbi come in. And I'm like, is it? <laughs> you feel me, right? <laughs> so, so I'm laying there and I'm just like a rabbi. You know what I'm saying? Like, how the hell did he get in this? You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm just like, um, no. Now, bruh, you know, when I went in, I shaved my head and everything clean, that part of your veinness, but I, I shaved my head clean. That's what my delay was coming outside to leave. So now I'm in there completely shaved bald with a big gray beard. So I'm not sure where in that equation he thought I needed a rabbi. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I like did, you, did you have on a do-rag that looked like a yarmulke? <laughs> you feel me, brother? I was like, look, I am not Sean Poe from Bad Boy, brother. I don't know nothing about no rabbis. I'm like, uh, no, no, I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm okay. Y'all thinking you got like a brother with a Quran or somebody, anything. Like, what, what, like, you skipped everything else and went to a rabbi. Now, if you ask my sister, she'll tell you that she believes that was a part where I was heavily medicated and possibly misheard. But I swear to you, that man offered me a rabbi. And then a few doors, <laughs> a few doors down, you hear this other man screaming and hollering, telling somebody to get out of his room. So I'm laying there kind of chuckling. So I thought, I bet you that's the brother with the Quran. He went to the wrong room. You know what I'm saying? Like, this man is sending people all over the place. I was thinking, well, I was like, look, that rabbi is going to open the door. He's going to walk in and lean in. He's going to look back out. He's going to call the doctor to come out. Like, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like he asked for me. So I was like, <laughs> I was like, bro. So then when I talked to Mike, Mike tells me, that's because you always have something funny to say about God and religion. He said, God was done with you. Everybody was done with you. But there's a rabbi that was like, let me send one of mine and give him one more chance. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> He said, and that's how 
Last chance, right yeah, there. he's like your last, your last. This is your last try. You better roll with this rabbi, brother. And that's it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I was like, you know what I'm saying? I was just like, man, it was it was a terrible, you know what I'm saying? That was, it was a terrible situation. But you managed to find some kind of humor out of something. You know what I mean? Oh, oh, but you got to, you got to. The thing you know, I learned, man. I mean, you sitting up in there as long. I'm gonna say you sitting up in there as long as you you was. You know the one thing that kept on. You know, going through my mind is like I know he in there. I know he in there laughing and joking somehow, some way, and probably hollering at a, a nurse to bring him an extra Jello pop or something. You know? Oh man, you know what? Make him feel better. I, I'm gonna tell know. you, dude. I'm gonna tell you. I, I, I can already see it. You, you, I yeah. Out. Yeah, you, you was right there with him, man. Because they had Kaiser, man. You know what? Shout out to Kaiser, man. Because Kaiser has some boy. They they have some fine nurses, man. I mean, I know they try to do their job, but uh. They got some fine nurses, man. I need to go through there when I'm not sick. And just, you know what I'm saying? Be like, what's that, <laughs> You know what I mean? So I'm in there, dude. I'm, look, I'm laying up there with this oxygen in my nose, but I'm getting all kind of love on him, man. I'm getting two and three apple sauces at a time. I'm getting extra jello cups. You know what I'm saying? Um, we in there talking about all kind of madness. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, for sure that. You know it. About, in between time, I was having a good time. But at the same time, I'm like, I got the one doctor who's telling me, bruh, when they explain to you the oxygen levels and what the oxygen levels mean, you start laying there thinking to yourself, like, good Lord, you know, I'm like, this oxygen better not move. So I, I now, now, mind you, they don't know I got an inhaler in my pocket. So when they leave the room, I would hit that inhaler a couple of times. Like, man, y'all ain't going to get me no extra oxygen. I'm not doing it. Because the guy told me, he said, look, you came in. He said, this is how I know you're going to leave. He said, you came in here. And you got two liters of oxygen. He said, since you've been here, you've had two liters of oxygen. He said that it goes up to 40. And at 40, you get that ventilator. He said, when they bring in that ventilator, he said, I'm not going to lie to you. So when they bring in that ventilator, you're going to end up down in ICU. He said, and after that, it's just kind of a coin toss. Which direction your body reacts to it. Right. He was like, but being that you only have two liters and you stayed with two liters, He's like, more than likely, you're going to be all right. You know what I'm saying? So I was just like, uh, so I was just like, man, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and try and ride this out. You know what I'm saying? Hold on real quick, man. Uh, So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try and ride this out. Because I was like, this this is insane. So once he told me that, man, I was like, I'm not moving past them two liters. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I'm not going to do it. But that's what right. his thing was. He was like, if you start, he said, the thing is that you could probably get up to six liters of oxygen, maybe even eight. He said, but if you keep going up and you surpass that, he said, then start getting worried. He said, but you've been, because I was never in the bed. I kept getting out the bed and sitting in the chair because I was just like, okay. man, you know what I mean? Because I was like, I'm not trying to give in to what's happening here. You know yeah. what I mean? So I was like, I'm not going to do it. I remember my mom was in the hospital. That was her thing was always about movement. She's like, once you become sedative, you get bedridden. That's when everything starts yep. to go wrong. And then I remember in the beginning when people talking about COVID and they're like, they're not sitting the patients up. They're making them all lay down. They're not sitting them up enough. And they're, they're starting to choke on everything and die. And I was like, I am not. No, there was times I fell asleep in that chair. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, I'm not getting in that bed. Plus, bruh, I don't understand them hospital beds. Those have got to be some of the hardest things I have ever laid on, man. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. Because I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you about UCSD. Um, I got my bill, and thank God for you know 
the insurance, you know, how much they 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 they, they take the brunt of the, the the bill and they they grab it and they ball it up and they throw it in the air and it hits the trash can because you ain't got to really pay nothing. So right. I'm at UCSD. UCSD has probably the nicest hospital rooms I have ever seen. And I'm talking about even the ones you've seen on the soap opera that come on ABC. Really? My room was like a, a bruh. My room was like, let me give you an example. I stayed in hotels in Vegas that had were less than the quality of this 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 particular hospital room I was in up in La Jolla, UCSD, John Morris Hospital. Really? And I walked in there, yeah, you know, I'm heavily medicated. I, they got to help me get out the, you know, uh, the wheelchair to hop in the bed. And when I sat down, and I tell you, when I sat down and got in that bed, I didn't really want to get out of the bed. Get out of here, bro. Stop it, man. Yes. No, Stop I ain't it. playing. I ain't playing. But see, here's the reality. I mentioned the insurance because when I finally got my statement, and I looked at it. My my surgery and everything up there was a hundred and forty grand, right? Hundred forty grand, and the what do you call it? The stay. I was only in the hospital for two days mm-hmm. with two thousand a night for the room. Good. Uh, okay. That's not counting the medicine. That okay. was just the room. Okay. So, okay. So so when I saw that, I'm like, would I ever stay in a a, a hotel room for two racks <laughs> out here in Vegas, you know, uh, down in Cancun. Hell no. Yeah, that mug better but, be cop like a mug. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> that better this be a cop. Right? This room right here? Oh, I was straight. I could have I could have easily stayed in there a couple more days, but like you said, you don't want to lay down and you don't want to stay down. You want to make sure that you're able to get up so you can get out. Exactly. And that was my mission, too. My head in my mind is like, hey, if I'm feeling good, you know, let me go. Man. And then, you know, let me try to eat some food. That that experiment didn't work out too well. My body rejected it. And that's when I knew I needed to get my ass up out there and get home because, uh, you know, it was time to go. When the body was like, nope, we ain't ain't taking this food. Food looked good. Probably tasted good. But my my body wasn't handling it, so I had to go. No, and that's the thing, dude. I couldn't, man. I couldn't put anything down, brother. You know what I'm saying? Everything, that's what I'm saying. Everything tasted like salt. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then, dude, I had to. So when I got up to go to the bathroom, at one point, I looked at those cabinets in there, and that's when I found some. Uh, I found some extra pillows. So unlike your two thousand dollar room, I was up in there, man, lining pillows up and down my bed, homie. Brother, I lie to you not, man. I lie to you not. They came in there to change those covers, and they were just like, "What is all of this?" And I was like, "This thing is terrible. Uh... So this bed is killing me." I was like, I totally understand how everybody who has gone into the hospital and who has come out with bed sores because they haven't been turned, yeah. I totally get how it happens. Because that bed well, is like laying cool. on a rock, man. They they actually, and that's, that's the cold part that I, I, I didn't even need it, but they hooked me up. They put some air um, support um, massages on my legs the whole Just time. And, I, and, and they were like, yeah, we're going to leave these on overnight. Um, we'd take them off in the morning. I had to tell them to take them off. And they left them on there. And they would squeeze your legs and, you know, make yeah. sure that you, you get some circulation down there for being yeah. in the bed. But like I said, man, if, if I don't, I never want to go back. I never want to, you know, lay, lay down and have a knife to my neck. But if I do, I know where I'm going. Well, I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> look, 
I'm glad you made it out. I'm glad I made it out. But I tell you, if I got any kind of incentive, Kaiser did a great job. But, bro, unless I can bring my own bed, homie, I can't. I'll bring my own air mattress. So I got one in the garage. I'm like, wait, wait. Let me bring my mattress, homie. I can't do it. I can't do it, man. But, heck, no, bro. Hey, man. Shoot, man. Salute to us both, man, for jumping about it here, man. You know what I mean? Shoot. I like to tell people that the, the Grim Reaper is standing in the corner disrespect me and just had the slides on he even put on his real tennis shoes he just put on the slides you know what i'm saying like yeah. i ain't got to chase you brother you you have no air yep. i'm just gonna slide on over grab yep. you and dip you know what i'm saying yeah he was know. waiting on you but you know what you, you went in there with a purpose and you knew that you wasn't gonna be a, a victim in the end you was gonna be a survivor and you know no struggles is it, it, hard to a to a player that's willing to fight you know what i mean that's the and whole thing you man. A, you, you're a fighter and I know, I know for certain that at the end of the day, you had a purpose and a mission to get out of there because you had somebody at home that needed you more than the nurses needed you to help <laughs> provide you with your, you know, your apple juice and your Jello pop. Man, <laughs> you know what I mean? If I stayed an extra day, that would have been it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when the shift changed, who's coming in? Oh, so and so. Yeah, I go ahead and leave. I go ahead and leave. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that one with the braids ain't coming back. Yeah, I go ahead and check out. I feel good. You know what I'm saying? Probably feel good the other day too. Well, I mean, you know, but yeah, I feel good today though. You know what I'm saying? Free two pack. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. I'm telling you, man. Hey, man, respect my brother. Respect. You know what I mean? Sir. Right look, back at you, man, brother. Now, see, when you look at how these conversations work, man, you see how we flip back and forth. And people see me, we go all the way back to good and dark love, man. Who knows how far back? But see, in the it's the level of trust and respect that we have amongst each other. But how do we get that same level of trust and respect to transcend to other brothers outside of ourselves? Man, you know, I've been thinking about this one for a minute, and it's it's something that, you know, I think time they say time heals all wounds, right? But I ain't hurt nobody. You know, I don't, I don't got no enemies out in the streets. But but I do feel, you know, at times, you know, when you see somebody, it's like, it's just a look that that person don't trust you or they don't even want to get to know you. And it's just like, it's something that, you know, it, it almost seems normal. Mm-hmm. And, and, and here we are, you know, in our late 40s and, and got a lot of wisdom, got these great, great hairs of knowledge on our chin and, Man. You know, we, we're we not the youngsters that we used to be. And, you know, I, I think it starts, it has to start with the young ones right now, man. Because if we don't fix it on that level, imagine where to continue to go and where, where to be, you know, when, when they get our age. It'd still be the same. Exactly. Exactly. Because yeah. the group that we have in the middle, I don't even understand. You know, it's, it's almost kind of like, where did it go wrong? in the process because we grew up and we always had older heads that we respected whether it was neighborhood cats or it was affiliated cats we always had those older cats that we called brother uncle so and so and no matter how bad of a track no matter how bad of a track they might have been on they would still try to school you with how to not end up on that track now if you chose to listen to them or not that was up to you you know what I mean one dude took me he showed me all these guys that were sitting on the green power boxes, drinking out the bottle, looking like they were homeless the whole nine. Everyone that we passed, he was like, that one used to have this car on switches, woo-woo, up in the house over here. That one used to have this, that, and the other. This one was one of the biggest dope dealers in the city. 
He said, look at where all these guys are at that I'm showing you right now. He's like, so this is where your future is because there's no retirement plan. He said, it's either this. And he took me past that cemetery. Was it Ragsdale? Mm-hmm. He took me past there. He's like, it's either the green power box there. Or you're going to a different prison. He said, that, that's pretty much how it's going to work. He's like, so if you think a nine to five is bad, you know what I'm saying? He's like, this is what you have to look forward to. And at the time, he was still getting his foot out the game. But New was like, look, man, I'm trying to tell you before you even get both feet in, this is the direction that you need to go. But I think mm-hmm. we listened back then. But now, I don't know if you tried to talk to cats that are around that same age demographic that we were at that time in our 20s and so forth and teens. These cats got all the answers. So they don't trust you and they don't have that same respect that they used to have either. Right. And you know what? I, I kind of think, you know, it, it comes to a, it comes down to a couple of things. One, what you just said as far as listening, you know, the communication level, you know, from, from, from a young cat to an old cat, they don't want to hear it. They already got the answer. They already been there, done that. Mm-hmm. Already lived lived a long life in, 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 in 20 years that they only <laughs> been on this planet, you know what I mean? Right. They act like they're 35, but they got the mentality somebody is like still 16. Yes. And, you know, in order to hit somebody inside the head with the knowledge, the person has to be, you know, in a position to want to receive and listen. Yep. So that's, that's the key right there. Being able to approach somebody and ha- hoping that they got an open ear and they're willing to sit down and, you know, take that role that you did and uh, ride with somebody that's going, you know, providing with some knowledge and insight on what's really going on or what could happen in if circumstances would switch up, you know, later on in life. Because time, times are different. We know that. Right. You know, it, today, yesterday, and, and tomorrow should be better than it was today. But some 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 cats, man, they're going to have it rough because they don't have nobody that's on their right or their left side that they can, you know, roll up on and, and holler at. Exactly. You know what I mean? They just gonna have to they gonna have to go through the struggle and try to figure it out for themselves and one wrong turn, you know, it's a wrap. But man, it, it takes a lot. It, and like I said, it's gonna have to be from the ground up. Gotta hit these youngsters, older cats like me and you, you know, it, we, we got ears that, that, that hurt a lot, know a lot, mm-hmm. and uh we willing to listen a little bit easier than these young ones. For real. Man, for real, man. That's what I try and tell these little young dudes and I'll get a chance to to actually talk with them and it's just kind of like look man like I, I didn't get to where I'm at you know what I'm saying and the, the amount of where where I'm at right now and it might not be oh I'm on the top of this mountain but mentally physically spiritually I'm in a different place than I was 20 30 some years ago and that took yeah. work and it took listening to people that were outside of that area that I was in to get me pulled out of there because with now I'm, I'm right there a crab in the barrel and it's crazy when you watch because you see these guys now, man, they walk towards each other and off the top, everybody is sizing each other up. And this yeah. is the time where we all need to be united and having trust yeah. in one another saying, hey, regardless of where you're from, regardless of what you do, regardless of how you're living, we're all still brothers and the world is against us. You know what I mean? At this time, we, we all have to get on the page, the same page and unite and put all that mess behind us. But trying to deprogram these youngsters is, is a piece of work, man. It's a straight piece of yeah. work. You see a lot of the OGs yeah. and triple OGs in the city trying to pull these kids in and trying to get them to see it differently. But then at the same time, you know, you look at these cats OGs now. and they're dude, When your OG started being two years older than you, that's when the problem started. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> 
that's what the problem started. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you're learning from a kid yourself. Right. You know, oh, our big homies do with 10 years older than us. You know what I mean? Like, some of our big homies have spent more time in jail than they had spent, like, with us growing up. Like, we were, like, probably five years younger than the amount of time they had spent in the pen. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah. so it's, it's different times, man. And you trigger, you try and get these kids to understand. You try and get the brothers to trust one another and respect each other. And then you go up to the next level of it because you get the brothers that have made it past those stages. But then just mm-hmm. as grown men, businessmen and all, we still don't have the same trust and respect that we have for other people. You don't have that for us. Right. And, and you know what? There's two words that come to my mind right now. Support and network. We don't support each other because we don't have a network that can reach out and we can, you know, link up and, 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 and on, on the outside, not on the inside, on the outside, you know, link up and make things happen on on a bigger level because we don't we don't trust. You know, it's like no. I don't know him. This your man? You know him? Can you can you validate where this fool from? Yeah, I don't know him. You know, I, I saw something that you posted earlier, man, and I I, I didn't want to bring it up, but you posted that game uh, meme earlier, and then what the game say? He said, "Hey, if I call you at your house and I ask." all over there you got to include them roaches the reason being is because (laughs) (laughs) you want to know who's there because you don't know exactly you don't know them you ain't gonna have no trust for them because you don't know which side of the you know the street they're coming from so it's 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 always gonna be something about not knowing and feeling comfortable around people that you are familiar with until you get to know them, until we figure out how to fix it. And, and I, I, I know we had touched on this once before, you know, talking about how things in Dago is a little bit different than other cities, and, you know, besides like L.A. and up the coast and uh, around the country. But I really truly believe where we currently reside at right now, um, not in the same situation, different era, you know what I'm saying, um, than we, what we grew up in, you know, probably about 15 minutes from where we at right now, um, back in the day, you know, our kids is privileged, man. You yeah. know, they 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 they're fortunate, they lucky. They don't they didn't gotta see the same things, you know. Nope. And I would think it would be easier for them to be able to trust somebody, you know, that has yep. the same melatonin skin, um, than it was would have been for me or you back in the day. But being that we much older, wiser, more mature, you know, we we take things a little bit differently. Um, you know, obviously with our approach uh, uh, you know, meeting people and associating with, with, with people out in, in the world because it's, we, we got a professional side too. You know what I mean? Right. Not just, just that, you know, what's up, you know, somebody in the street. We got a professional level that we got to kind of maintain. So, exactly. Right? It, it, it's tough, bro. It's tough. It is, man. We got to figure it out, though. We got to figure it out. Yeah. We, we got to try and put our heads together when they come up with something before it's all, you know, say it all too late because it, if we are all, the, if we all united. And put everything together that we had everybody out there that that we sit there and play to and kiss up to and act up with those people would have to come to us doing the same thing with yeah. us to get what we have you know what i mean sure. and, that, and that takes me to the thing we were talking about man we're dealing with the whole thing with code switching because when you do get to a certain <laughs> level you got that whole code switching game that takes place Mm-hmm. And that's one of the worst games in the world because I'm gonna tell you, no other group of people, there's not another race out there 
that I have ever seen code switch when we come around <laughs> to try and talk and, and try to be. Now, you might have one or two little cats in the office that try, hey, man, hey, man, you know, uh, what's happening? Man, something that they done seen off a of living color back in the, you know what I'm saying? You look at them like, dude, just, just right. knock it off. But I feel like when we come around other people, we go completely, just completely from what we know. We'll change the whole format of the conversation. You got those cats in there that'll change how they stand. And they do it because yeah. they feel like, okay, if I don't do this, I'm not going to get that promotion that I want. If I don't do this, I might not be able to keep my job. But everybody else, they're so comfortable in the fact that they know they can be themselves and nothing's going to happen. But it goes back yeah. to, again, us not uniting and putting up that whole strong front and saying, hey, this is who we are. You're going to have to accept wow. us. If you don't want to accept us, we're going to push these legal issues on you and you're going to be forced to accept us and promote us and move us around without us having to switch a code every time we turn around. Well, see, there's a level of professional standards that should be maintained at all times in the work environment, right? There should Mm -hmm. be a standard. You know, uh, some people fall short of that because they never had them standards before they even took that job. So they they find themselves code switching. And they find themselves, you know, putting on the front or a show for the man or the person that might be the, you know, employer or supervisor because they ain't comfortable in their own skin. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They ain't comfortable, uh, uh, you know, being who they are regularly, um, especially between the nine and five when they go to work. So they got to, you know, switch it up and try to do different than what they was doing when they was hollering at you walking into the job in the parking lot. It, and it's, to me, I find it, I, I find it funny. Uh, because you know, like I we talked about before, you know, I spent 24 years in the Navy and I saw it all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I would check, check, check these young cats because hey, you know, a lot of them from the street. They come in, they put the uniform on, and you know, they yes sir, no sir. They you know, and I'm gonna do my job. But if somebody, somebody get my face, it's the military. You know, I, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. I'm like, nah, that ain't gonna happen. You gonna do what you told to do. But you're going to do it in a professional manner. And as long as you maintain that standard, it, it, it don't start now, won't be none. It won't be no problem. You know, mm-hmm. but you got to, you know, come at sideways. But you got them ones and twosies, you know what I mean? Right. That want to show up and show out. And when they do, you know, it's a problem. Exactly. And, uh, <laughs> it don't got to be that way, but for some, that's exactly what it is. It's always going to be that way because that's how they roll and that's how they rock. Yep. You know, and that's the thing I think for some of us that's where the problem comes in is that for us sometimes I think that we lack in the knowledge of knowing how to present ourselves outside of neighborhood to whereas we can still have a decent conversation without going totally Carlton on the world just all of a sudden you just turned into Carlton out of nowhere you know what I mean because you don't know that in between you know what I'm saying? I think, right? Like for me, I give, I give the SDPD, Lemon Grove PD, uh, the the well, sheriffs. I give them. I give the uh, juvenile courts. I give all those people a little bit of credit because that's when I first learned how to turn it on and turn it off, right. and, and find the medium between the two. Like, okay, you can't always, you can't walk into if you want to go home. You can't walk in here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> talking like you were just talking outside. But at the same time, mm-hmm. my mom would always tell me, 
I don't care what you do outside of this house. I don't care how you talk outside of this house. But when you walk back in this house, you talk like you have some sense. So yeah. it wasn't a conversation. I walked in with her and I looked at her and ran off some street lingo. And she looked back at me and ran off the same street lingo. And we both shook hands and skipped out the kitchen. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't have that. You know, I walked in there one day and said something, you know, you know, the, the saying in the, in the black house, I am not one of your little friends. Right, and you learned you know, it quick. I, I know you, but you don't know me like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah you knew when that you know? joke. You knew when that joke went too far. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you know? knew when that last word was really going to be that last word. You know, right. don't make I, me tell you again. You heard what I said, man. <laughs> man. man. Do you think I like repeating myself? So let me let me, let me mm-hmm. get this straight. So I'm, now I'm just talking so I can hear my damn self talk. Is it? No, 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 no. You're not. You're not. Oh, you sure I'm not? You you sure I'm not? Because I can go ahead and get up. We can go ahead. He's like, no, don't, don't get up. Don't get up. Yeah, the, the level of comprehension gets turned up a couple of notches when, 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 when they, they hit you with something that you know is one of them last lines. Like, hey, if I tell you one more time, mm-hmm. I promise you. I promise you. Mm-hmm. I, yes, ma'am. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Look, hey, before Dollar Bill and Players Club, it was if I get up, it's going to be trouble. You know what I'm saying? Before uh, dollar bill, bro. Before dollar bill. I done worked a 12-hour shift, and I just sat down. If I need to get up to help you understand something, we're going to have a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no. Don't don't, don't get up at all. You know what I'm saying? I, I, right. I totally understand. At this point, if I don't understand, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> just to get away from it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> at this point. I'm going to figure it out. I'm you know what I'm right. saying? You know what I mean? Like, I won't get beat for effort. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to go ahead and just start doing what I got to do. And I think that's where we start to lose our people because we don't have that same structure in the house. So when you get these guys that come in, they see this is what they see. You have to be extremely this way around this group of people. Now, one day, man, in my job, I rode the elevator because I don't pay attention to who's CEO and whoever else is such as I don't pay him no attention. I don't know who the person is. I was downstairs in the cafeteria cracking jokes with this man the whole time about getting a breakfast burrito and some other business. And we just sitting there cracking jokes the whole time. We walking in the elevator together, still cracking jokes. He gets off the elevator on the same floor I'm going to. And I guess he was going to a meeting around the corner. So me and him come walking. We're cracking jokes. He's like, well, hey, Clay, I'm going to talk to you later, man. This I was like, yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Then. He's like, I'll stop by sometime and check on you. Everybody in my section is looking like, what in the hell just happened here? So here comes my manager, and he's just like, what just happened? And I was like, what happened with what? He's like, do you know who that was? And I was like, nah. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, have no, I have no idea who he was. I met him in the cafeteria getting a burrito. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know who that man was. Well, that's so-and-so. That's the head person to this, that, and the other. He's the one that runs the whole this and this. I'm like, oh, okay. He said, you guys came back around the corner laughing and joking like you guys are good friends. He says, going to come by and check on you periodically, this, this, that, and the other. Yeah, yeah, we, we cool, I guess. You know, like, I didn't know who the man was. You know what I'm saying? Like, we had a good conversation from the breakfast room to the elevator to here. The whole time, I was never anybody outside of who I normally am. Right. But the right. thing is, you, I've always known how to carry myself. And everybody knows if you go to work, from the time you walk into that building, you're being interviewed and monitored. Just like that Belco yeah. experience, except for without the head explosions and the murder. So, well, sometimes. Right. But for the most part, <laughs> for the most part, without that part of it. But you know mm-hmm. you're being monitored. You know you're being watched. But I'm not even, 
thinking about it in that sense. I'm just thinking I'm talking to this funny dude who's talking to me about some burrito and how this man's taking too long, and I'm on the same page as him. But to everybody else, when they see him, they'd all be like, oh, good day, sir. This is that and the other. They'd almost start shucking, jiving, and shoe shining. And you talk yeah. to this man by yourself, and he's just as cool and laid back, like, yeah, whatever. You know, but it's just weird how we think as a as a group that we have to go to the extreme to please these people. But sometimes these people don't even want that to happen. They just want you to be yourself. Now, you know, you can't be neighborhood nip, jump under your table and throwing signs through the building. But, <laughs> you know, but just to speaking on that, shoot, me and some of the other dudes, we had these people in there. Dude, we had West Coast Wednesdays where everybody would wear blue. We had flamed up Friday. We had the whole office wearing red. You know what I mean? I we, thought that was just you. No, no, <laughs> I thought it was just you. no. I thought you were self promoting. No, like, okay, right. I was like, I was like, I thought you were just trying to turn, turn, you know, rock, rock your chill and turn, turn a few heads up in the spot. I didn't know that was the whole no the whole floor. Right, it was another cat okay. that was from Inglewood in there. It was another. <laughs> so me and him started doing it just because we were doing it. And then people in the building started feeling like they were left out. So more people started. More people started. There's like, why is everybody wearing red on Friday? Well, those two started doing it, and then they started doing it. So we we're like, I don't want to be left out. Then we had everybody on Friday coming in that joint, bruh. And then we started West Coast Wednesday because we had one brother in there, well, one of our Asian brothers who was on the blue side. So we started okay, West Coast okay. Wednesday to rock with him. You know what I'm saying? So we'd all come in on Wednesday in blue. So after that, everybody else started naming days. You know what I'm saying? We're just like, like well, what other days are available? What other colors? We're like, you guys can pick whatever you want for the rest of the, the, rest of the week. And that's just, but see, that's the thing. We didn't change up who we were, but we had everybody else switching with us. Yeah. And, and, and that's, see, that's something that I think a lot of times, man, some people feel left out when they can really actually jump on in. You know what I mean? They ain't because they 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 are not comfortable with who they are, and sometimes it might be a challenge for them to you know kind of like ride and slide with other folks. So they kind of step they step back. I know it, it is harder for people that never kind of you know been around a group of brothers and you know and, and then grow up in the city or you know. And then all of a sudden they coming from what was some place like I don't know Arkansas. No, not Arkansas. No, nah, it's a better example. Like Little Idaho. They come, yeah, they come, from, they come from Idaho and get out here and you know see four or five brothers in a, a you know an office space in the cubicle, and they're gonna be cordial. They're gonna say hello. They might say hi, but they ain't gonna feel comfortable to you know be who they truly are around us and, and have those you know easygoing life. Uh, uh, you know, joking stories and talking about you know what's really really happening in their world because they don't know how to adapt. You know, they don't know how to kind of you know feel like it's cool to be around us. You mm-hmm. know, but you can always flip that up too. You gonna find a Carlton in the mix that grew up in you know Beverly or what? 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 Nine? Where they grew up at? Uh, up in L.A. Yeah, uh, Bel Air. Uh, Bel Air. Bel Air. There you yeah. go. There you go. You know coming from the private school of Bel Air and they're going to they, they gonna come down and, and show you their true colors and and you you going to see see them for who they really are and it's going to be a problem trying to get on their level because you've never been on that level before and they sure as hell never been on ours so exactly. it's going to be a tough combo 
<laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? That's and that's the thing, man. And that's that's why I just kind of feel like, look, man, if the more of us, if more of us were able to be ourselves, but still understanding how to conduct yourself in, in a public setting, in a business setting, and so forth, you know, what I mean, we wouldn't have to do so much of the switching to that drastic of a level. Because you figure when I got my first job in my teens at the zoo, it was all about my hairstyles being exotic and having to put my hair away, but. You had these other kids coming in fresh out the shower with their hair still dripping wet, and that was appropriate. And back then, I was like, no, there's a union, so I'm not changing nothing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And as time progressed, now it blew my mind when I saw all these years later that the brothers and sisters were having to fight again to wear their natural hair. And I'm just like, we're the only group of people that are still struggling to be natural and be ourselves. Is it, mm-hmm. We almost have to pass a law so that we can have an afro, so our sisters don't have to put the chemicals in their hair. I mean, you have to pass a law to be natural. You know what I mean? It's just like, where does it stop? You know what I mean? That's, it, that, that's, 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 that's cold right there. You know, that, the natural hairstyle was uniformity in the 70s, right? Mm-hmm. And here we are, you know, 30, 40 years later. And people look at that as being a problem. They see it roll up in the in the office space. <laughs> yeah, you know, and this, this is the thing that goes wild too is that when people had dreads, dreads were accepted before somebody that had braids. Because if you look yeah. back, look back in the days of the soap rappers and all that. If the brother didn't have a regular clean cut, the next brother on had dreads, and then there is the brother Leroy from All My Children who had straight braids, and he was a criminal. You know what I'm saying? You'll say it's all. You, you you took it to Leroy on all my children. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, 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 you. Now, if there's any young, you know, uh, uh, people listening to this podcast right now as we're speaking on this topic, and y'all don't know who Leroy is, <laughs> Leroy was on Fame. Leroy was on all my children. Leroy was the golden child uh, 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 of the black. 21 to 25 year old male figure yes. back in the day. Yes. You can't find, you cannot find Leroy no more. You got to Google him or go on YouTube. Yes. He, he, his character name is no longer existent in 2021. But back in 1983, Leroy was living in the lie. Yes, man. <laughs> now, you know what, wait, you know what, wait, let me, wait, I think it was, uh, so no, Leroy was on fame and it was, uh, God, dude, it was Jesse. Jesse. Yeah, oh, Jesse. That's yeah, Jesse, right. yeah, right. yeah, to show my age yeah. with the C now part. But yeah. Jesse, yeah. Jesse from All My Children. So, yeah, yeah. Jesse yeah. and Leroy, those were the names back in the days uh, of the brothers that did not fit into society. You know what I mean? You know what Because Leroy, you had Leroy, he was the, the gay dancer who was in New York City with, yep, all, with New the York. braids and dealing with all the social issues. And then you had Jesse and All My Children. And he had the straight back braids and he had all kind of legal issues, had the gun issue, yep. all kind of mess. Yep. But then you had the other kid. I don't remember the dreadheaded brothers that came onto the show, but they had all the love. You know what I'm saying? It's like they became the sex symbol. Right. So it was still certain natural hair will allow you to have and say that, yes, this is what we like. But your other natural hair, we're going to typecast you in society. And to this day, with everybody still going with this whole switching of codes and not fighting for their rights and so forth, they're still doing it to this day. And now, you know, it's good. Okay, we see everybody going to get these laws passed so that we don't have to deal with it. 
But why in the world do we even need a law for that when there's no other group that has a law passed for them to wear their natural hair? You know, I don't think there's another country on the planet <laughs> that has laws like we have laws in this country. You know, Man. that are discriminative. I, you know, discriminate on, on, on one group or one ethnic group. You know, from from in the in the workspace. I don't think there's there's another another country. You know, but once again, you know, we show show the world our true colors on on, on many different topics, and people see us for who we are. You know, as a whole in our society, and you know, 2020, like we talked about before, man, just put us on the, you know, the, the on the big screen and, and broad lights, and people really kind of took a look at us and go, "Damn, there they go." Yeah, we heard about it, but now we kind of see it because it's being projected to the world, and they see us in a different light now in 2021. You know, so we still trying to figure it out. We trying to make things right. We trying to make things better. But at the end of the day, all I know is it's easier for me to live my life and do what I got to do and not worry about who's on the right or the left as long as they handle their business and doing the exact same thing. And we need to get to that point. Man. You know what I mean? Bruh, man. Man. And let me bring, let me, <laughs> let me get the crowd up, man. Let me get the crowd up on that one, man. Shoot, you know what I'm saying? Let me wake these people up, man. But that's the truth, brother. That's, that's the truth. I'm going to tell you, man, this, this conversation... It was long, long overdue. You know what I mean? Long overdue, man. I hope everybody, you know, uh, we'll be back in the building, man. So I hope y'all learned some things from this episode. Got some laughter out of some of the things in this episode. Might even shed a tear. You know what I'm saying? But sure. It's all good. It's all good. Emotion's good, man. You know, if if we touched on a nerve and we spoke on something today that's making you kind of, you know, think, about something that you experienced or maybe something that, you know, a family member's gone through in their lifetime or currently going through. Um, but as long as they moving forward and they sliding backwards, it's all good. Believe that. Hey, man, I'm telling you, that's the, that's the biggest thing, man. I think that's the biggest takeaway from everything that we talked about, everything that I've been through recently, everything that you've been through recently. That's the biggest takeaway, man, is you got to wake up every day and enjoy your life, man. You know what I'm saying? You got to enjoy your life, live it, man. What, what do they say? Uh, you only die once, but you live every day. For real, you know. What I every mean? day you wake up to a new reality, man. Yesterday you can remember, but guess what? You got to put the pieces together to deal with what's happening with you today. Hey, you know, man. so you can set yourself up for tomorrow. You know, that's um, the whole thing. Ah, yeah, this game of life we live in, man, it, it, it comes at us sometimes a little faster than we wanted to. But as long as we controlling the pace and we rolling. And we going forward and not sliding backwards. Hey man, that's all you can ask for. You know what I mean? Hey, that's that's the whole thing, man. I think that everybody got to get their head wrapped around and uh, you know spread more positivity than negativity. But we'll do, man. We'll, we'll go ahead and uh, shoot, man. We'll, we'll give these people a break, man. Let them compose themselves. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Until the next episode drops. But I'll, I'll leave them with this here. I was on uh, earlier with one of my joints earlier today, but. Uh, I feel like it's relevant to where everybody's at right now in the direction that we all should be moving in technically. And it's uh, happiness is the new rich. Inner peace is the new success. Health is the new wealth and kindness is the new cool. You know what I'm saying? I can vibe with that. You know I what I mean? I can vibe with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we'll leave them with it right yeah. there, man. This is 
man, this is long overdue. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> First of all, <laughs> shoot, this, this is long overdue. You know what I mean? This, this you know, we'll, we'll be more uh, consistent as we go. But this was long overdue. It's always good to talk to my brother, man. Get a chance to sit down and chop it up with this guy. And uh, as you can see, you know, we, we, we try and keep things uh, light but serious. This is, is a new episode of Brothers Gonna Work It Out. And Brothers Gonna Work Out and bring y'all another one in the hot one. Oh, yes, sir. We're going to be back. And we just want y'all to tune in and catch the vibes that we putting out. And, uh, you know, one love to everybody that's, you know, tuning in and uh, rocking with us. We want to make sure that y'all come in and leave with something that's going to help y'all make tomorrow better than yesterday. Yes, that's indeed, on man. everything. For real. And we will be back in two and two. Remember that? See you. I'm out. <laughs> yes, sir. Peace. <laughs>